Welcome to Ravel, a roundtable show about how faith gets complex with the vast amount of information at our fingertips. For some people, this complexity has caused the unraveling of their faith, and for other people, it's been liberating. Take us, for example. I'm Stephen. I'm Josh. And I'm Emily. We each grew up in different parts of the American Christian spectrum, and as some of our beliefs migrate, we still feel like our theology is in process. Theology always has fundamentally been, and will always be, an exploratory dialogue. That alone is proof that faith raveling doesn't have to be a crisis, even if it feels like it. We don't have all the answers, so we want to use this show to model what it can look like to genuinely sort through beliefs in real time. So share a drink with us as we pull on the thread of our own pressing questions. Thanks for listening. Hello, my friends. Spring is in the air. Do you feel it? I can feel it calling in the air tonight. Oh, mm-hmm. Lord. Oh, nice. I-, I have been waiting for it my whole life. My Lord. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I am ringing in the uh, the spring vibes here in Montana. It's like it's 50 degrees and sunny. Took a wonderful walk with my dog earlier today. So I decided to crack open one of my new favorite beer finds. My brother got me into it. Um, It's uh, from New Belgium Brewing, the Voodoo Ranger IPA. Just a delicious citrusy explosion of flavor in this beer. I love it. Put it in a frosty glass. Yum. More power to you, but I do not like the Voodoo Ranger. That's okay. Yeah. Again, Christians can disagree on these things completely agree i'm glad we're on the Um, same page it is for that reason that i am drinking a beer from billings hey in fact nice i'm drinking the groovis hazy session ipa from uber brew and man it really does hit on a spring day like this i this is my first beer since moving into the new place and man i just like took my first sip and it's just like congrats crisply satisfying Mm. loving it right now i'm also drinking an aloe vera drink to stay hydrated with the little floaties. Huh. Okay. Little floaties. It's great. You never had one of these? It's like a, no. it's like aloe vera juice with like aloe vera gel in it. Mm. But there's things floating in your drink? I'll send you a picture of it so you can buy it and try it because it's wonderful. Very refreshing. Uh, okay. This sounds like such a new concept to you, Emily. Things, uh, is that had, so wrong? No, but like you've had like boba tea, right? Or like marshmallows in your... Hot chocolate. Like, things float in drinks sometimes. Wow. Wow. Yeah, but the way he was describing it, he just said, the little floaties. Mm. The little floaties. Were you imagining, like, fingernails or something? God, no. What? (laughs) (laughs) That would be much, much worse. Emily, will you tell me what you're drinking, and then I propose we all raise a glass to Josh being moved into a new place, enjoying his first beer in the spring. Hey, clink, 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 clink our glasses. I am drinking a Purple Mountain Majesty tea, iced, and I added some vanilla and some huckleberry, and it's wonderful. Delightful. Well, Josh, here's to you. Congrats on moving. Mm. Pew, 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 pew. And thank you. Well, today, our topic is brought to us not by any of the three of us, because our tradition at this point is that a listener brings us a topic. Um, every four episodes. And uh, today we have a voicemail that my dear friend Alex Falcongrove left us a couple days ago. You've heard Alex on the show if you're a uh, 
a way back listener of Ravel. He was a guest back when Emily was on her maternity leave. Good Lord, that was almost like a year and a half ago, two years ago. Almost two years ago. Yeah, his episode was called Shrugging Off Christianity. Um, but you've also, you also may have heard uh, a teaser in the past of the Into podcast that him and his family host. Just a delight. Uh, but he left us a voice message. He did so by calling us at 60155Ravel. And uh, man, I just, I need to share it with you guys. Are you ready? I'm ready. Salutations from Colorado, my friends. This is Alex Falcon Grove. And for me, it is Wednesday, my dudes. Oh! Um, I'm happy to report that I have not missed an episode of Ravel yet, and the parasocial relationship is very strong, uh, even though Josh and Emily don't really know me at all. Um, few, few preliminary questions, comments. Emily, I continue to prod my parents to attend a Methodist church because they, they're still Christians, but their beliefs have evolved, and everything that you've said makes Methodism sound like a great fit. Um, but they have the maybe stereotypical opinion that Methodism is boring and full of old people. Um, and, you know, my parents are approaching old people age. So I wondered if you had any advice for me in getting them to try out a Methodist church, or if you have any words of wisdom for them. Uh, Josh, I just want to say I love your sense of humor and your perspective, and that I adore you. And Stephen, I'm happy to report that my neck has finally fully recovered. All right, for the real question, here's what I want to know. How have you been experiencing God recently? Um, and you could get into what even is God and what's your conception of God. That's less of what I'm interested in. So, you know, put in your placeholder, Yahweh, the creator, universal consciousness, the divine, the cosmic Christ, Aries, God of chaos. You know, however you're interpreting God right now, I want to know how you are experiencing God. So whether that's the goods, the joys and pleasures, mundane neutral stuff, quiet moments, or in grief and sadness or wrath. Um, I want to focus on that this is not a what do you think question. This is a how do you feel question. Um, thanks so much for taking my voicemail and cheers. I love everything that you do. Okay, love you. Bye. What a Alex. great voicemail. <laughs> yeah, that was so lovely. <laughs> Man, Aww. if that isn't just a person who brings me regular delight. He and I Voxer like multiple times a week. Aww. Yeah. The friendship is strong. I don't I don't know if you guys know the background, but he and I basically met when we were babies, like when we lived in uh Colorado. And he was like my best friend until we moved out of Colorado. And then he and I, we didn't talk for 20 years. And then in 2020, we struck up like an Instagram DM back and forth. And then all of a sudden we were learning that we both hosted podcasts. So we like shared some stuff about that. And ever since, like, we're just like right back into, oh, 
this person is actually extremely delightful and I love being around them. (laughs) It's so cool. That's so sweet. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Alex, it brings me so much encouragement hearing all of that feedback from you. And also just thank you so much for supporting like the, it is like, it's like not only encouraging to hear the people listen, but like, it's been ages since Alex was on an episode when uh, Emily was on maternity leave. I actually don't remember the name of the episode, but it was, it was a great conversation and it feels way more encouraging to me personally to hear that people like listening who don't feel necessarily Christian anymore. Mm-hmm. And I don't know where you're at these days, Alex, but like that, it's like exactly what we want this show to be for, like for people all over the place. And I love hearing that it's actually happening. So Thank you so much. Um, should we answer Alex's question about Methodism first? Yeah, yeah, we cool. definitely should. Um, well, so first off, that is just so sweet. Um, and I am honored that you would ask my input. Um, my question would be: A, where in Colorado are your parents currently residing? Because if I know that. I potentially could say, hey, I know this actual pastor serving at that actual Methodist church, Mm. and I can speak to the ministries that they are engaged in, the ministries that they are a part of, the ways that they serve the community and the needs of the people. So, Alex, Uh, let me know where. Wait, Um, I can fill in that gap for you. Uh, Oh, okay. Dope. Because the, the Falkenbergs live in the town I was born in, Brighton, Colorado. Okay. Now she's looking at Hold her on. contacts on her phone, probably. I am. I am. <laughs> That's so awesome. It is. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, okay. So I do know. I do know Reverend Joel. Okay. So. Amazing. Brighton United Methodist Church, which is located at 625 South 8th <laughs> Avenue, um, is. <laughs> what? Oh, the the specificity that came so fast. I love it. Um, so they have a lot of ways that they're engaged with the community of Brighton and they have a very active like United Methodist Women's Group, United Methodist Men's Group. They have a really strong children's ministry. They um do a lot of outreach and congregational care. They have a lot of Christian care and support groups. Their most like recent events that they held that I saw at least was um, they had their church conference in February. They have midday prayer breaks that they do and all sorts of really cool things. Um, But what I would encourage you for those who are interested in Methodism, but they've heard the same old spiel of it's all a bunch of old people. Hi, my name is Emily Reddinghouse and I'm not old. I'm a young clergy. I'm 28, soon to be 29. And believe it or not, there are young Methodists and younger Methodists out there. And you just have to be willing to kind of dip your toes in, you know, just because if you attend on one day and you see a lot of old people, that doesn't mean that there aren't young people. So look around, like do some church shopping. Don't be afraid to navigate church websites and deeply, deeply navigate church websites because there are some church websites that at first appearance look great. And then you try to click on things and you're reading into it and you're like, Ooh, actually, you know what? This isn't what I thought it was. So don't be afraid (laughs) to like be a stalker a little bit online and really (laughs) dive deep into 
getting to see from like a bird's eye view what the church is all about. Like stalk their Facebook if they have one, stalk their Twitter if they have one, stalk their Instagram if they have one and look up when services are. And if that's not clearly communicated, then I wouldn't go to that church. If it doesn't clearly advertise when services are, then that's not really a place for you Um, because then it means they're not really caring about reaching to everyday people. They only care about the people that are already there because they already know what time services are. Um, (laughs) But yeah, like just don't be afraid to just go in, like just go in and see what it's a part of and see what it's all about. And Maybe just go in with the idea that they're not a bunch of old people uh, because they're not. There are, are some, there, so but not a lot. In my experience, Emily, are there some United Methodist Church churches out there that have, I mean, I know yours does. Yeah. So I guess the, the question is like part of it for me and I know for a time for Dixie was like contemporary worship. Mm-hmm. You know, I think part of the... Uh, the oldies stereotype comes when it's a, uh, you know, just a piano and hymns singing, mm-hmm. especially for those of us who grew up in a very different context when we had full bands, sound systems, sure. sometimes lights, sometimes fog machines, you know, all those kind mm-hmm. of things. It can be a pretty uh, uh, abrupt transition. Right. Well, that's why, you know, digging into their church website and attending a service to see, because mm. I know at least like for the church that I'm serving at now, we do have one service, but we mix in contemporary and traditional hymns. And we also have moments of special music. So we have our bell choir where they do secular and religious music. We have our chancel choir that sings. We have people who come in and do special music. And oftentimes it's music that they've written. And so it can be anything. So don't, you have to, you have to go and see, you know, for yourself and, See what is offered, you know, if their church website isn't very clear about the style of service, the length of service, what's involved in the service. That's when you can always call like you can email or call. Don't be afraid to be in contact with church leadership, even if you are not a member, even if you don't attend to have questions answered is very meaningful. So reach out, snoop their bios, you know, get a hold of them, see when their office hours are. Um, and see what they're all about. Cool. Well then, how are we experiencing God lately in specific feeling language and not thinking language? Great parameters, by the way. Alex is very good at setting parameters. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I did mm-hmm. appreciate that. What What I heard Alex saying was he did not want this to go the direction. He did not intend the direction to be like apologetics of a concept mm-hmm. of God. But what I would like to point out personally is that the very act of feeling is still cognitive. And I think that feeling and thinking are very much intertwined. So Alex, forgive me if I do <laughs> venture down the rabbit trail of thinking in my feeling. Cool. <laughs> but I will, uh, I, I, I like your premise of trying to acknowledge one's feelings in the religious spiritual experience without being necessarily apologetic about it i think that that is a very underrated quality mm-hmm. in question mm-hmm. i don't know my my first thought honestly was i think that i have been feeling i almost man i, I paused there for a second because i i almost wanted to say the presence of god but it it occurs to me that like i sorry alex 
I like conceptualize the presence of God very, very differently now than I used to say four years ago. But my my recent thing that came to the top of my head was my partner, Elise, just recently had, like she was out for a week and I have had the privilege of caring for her. And to be honest, it's like felt like that. Like there have been tired, tired nights and I have been an overall stressed human while also like reminding myself of like, I'm not the one who needs the most taken care of right now. And it's been, I have not been in this situation before, like to like be someone's like companion in dishealth. And it's been a very meaningful experience for me. And I've, I like, haven't really put this into words with her yet, but like, it feels like borderline spiritual experience for me, which is mm. like, to me, it feels like saying a lot <laughs> like that. Like that feels like I'm putting too much weight on it. <laughs> but like, like I, it, to me, it feels very clear that it's a new experience and also is me like purposefully loving someone in a way that they like need to be loved in that moment, regardless of like how I feel or what I want or my convenience level. and. Not sorry, not to just like put myself up on a pedestal, not at all. But like, I, no, it's a real like, like it's laying down of self. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And like, it's it's definitely like it's caused me to do a lot of sorry, Alex, thinking about like <laughs> what it means to love and like love a partner and like deny myself. And I think that that is probably the most recent example I can point to where I think I felt God in some way, maybe. <laughs> I'm going to do like way too much qualifying this episode. (laughs) What? Um, No. (laughs) My, uh, yeah. Where else have I felt God? I think that I, I regularly feel die. I, you guys, I like, I don't know how to answer this question without being the most like, qualifying, nuanced, like complicated person. Just answer it. Like, cause I want to say, I feel God in our discussions tonight and like I always feel the presence and like I don't know how to like I feel God in this Chili's tonight (laughs) I like literally don't know how to acknowledge the mystery of it all like without sounding like the most like Mm. like over spiritualized guru you know what I mean like because like I like without like digging into like the apologetics and the thinking of it all you're welcome Alex I, th- I do think that my conceptions of God and God's presence have like dramatically shifted in the last five to six years. But like there, there, I think that there is still something to like putting language to like when you feel something transcendent or like transcendentally important, whether it's like hmm. an individual point in your life or like in a communal aspect, like I would argue that our discussions are very much communal and valuable. And like, I think therefore that's why I feel like some sense of God there. Hmm. Yeah, man. Language is weird. I really appreciate Alex's question on this, but like man language is weird. Yeah. It is hard yeah. to put language to things like this. I recently saw someone on Twitter say, I have a more personal relationship today with the Holy Spirit than I ever did with Jesus mm. growing up. And mm. just that subtle reframe I thought it was very cool, honestly. 
like there's a lot of like qualification that could happen with that, you know, like what are you talking about when you're talking about the Trinity kind of thing? But um I uh I want to close the loop too of like the only thing that Alex addressed to me in his message was his neck is finally recovered. <laughs> <laughs> and uh that is because last weekend I actually went to Denver. I stayed at Alex's house for a couple nights and we went to a metal show where nice. he and I I like he and I were debriefing. We were talking about it uh after I got home over Voxer and we've at least I have never been so sore after a show. I'll be honest. I was enjoying the effects of alcohol the entire day leading up to the show and including the show. But that dropped an inhibition in me of like, I became a person who really like I was dancing at a metal show. I wasn't moshing all that much, but I was dancing and it was awesome. But so he and I were in it. And uh, just kind of like experiencing this moment of like melting into this crowd. And I think I would probably say my experience of God lately is moments where I feel myself kind of just like dissolving into a moment like that, you know, framing it as maybe a universal consciousness in that moment. Or as Courtney was saying at our last collective meeting, like there's something about the experience of joining hive mind that can be really freeing really liberating especially with all the things that can be like swirling up in our own heads in a very individualistic way like this experience of this metal show together was uh was a moment of i don't know it 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 felt like a dissolution in the best way like i didn't feel all that individuated in those moments. I mm. felt surrendered to the music. I felt, you know, again, I felt all those like inhibitions drop and, you know, I was dancing. I was giving people hugs in my, uh, inebriated state. I accidentally elbowed a girl in the face at one point and I made as many amends as I possibly could. Uh, I went and bought her a couple drinks. We hung out, and it turns out it was her first metal show ever. <laughs> oh, well, she had the full experience. Where she then. <laughs> got slammed in the face. But then we we ended up just having a wonderful time together. We chatted uh, in between each band and we kind of formed this like mini pod of people that were very like supportive of each other. We were moshing in our own right. Like there was the pit and then there was us like off to the side. It was like. We're not built for the big pit, but we'll just kind of like mosh around here for a while. And, um, you know, like we took selfies together and it was just this wonderful, like, wow, we all just like shared that experience. And it was so cool to just kind of, uh, you know, you have these moments or I had these moments of like, oh gosh, I, I hit someone on accident because I was just like so into it, but she was so cool about it. And we ended up talking for a good while after the show and uh many a good hug was shared and i'll call that an experience of god i'm really into that right now we just want to say how honored we are that you listen to ravel seriously there's a lot of great shows out there and we're grateful to be in your feed thank you for helping us on our journey to normalize people asking questions about theology 
If you want to support what we're doing, the best way to help is to tell a friend about us. We want to be a resource for people on their faith journeys, whether they're deconstructing, reconstructing, switching churches, deconverting, and everything in between. And if you're able, you can support us for as little as $3 a month on our Patreon. Supporting us helps us cover fees, software, equipment, future ideas, and more. For all of you church finance skeptics out there like me, don't worry, we're keeping an open book for transparency. For our supporters, we've built an online space where we can be together. We know it can be difficult to ask questions about our faith, so we want to make that more accessible, comfortable, and normal. We're using an app called Discord, where you'll get private access. You already know us, and we'd love to get to know you. Thank you to everyone who's already supporting, and thank you to Louis Zong for the use of our theme music, In Full Color. When Alex was asking his question and he was giving examples of uh, moments of you know joy and splendor or the mundane or wrath or grief, I found myself answering to all three of those. In the grief and like the sorrow, I recently had an uncle who passed away. We were not close. You know, my sister and I were talking about this actually when we got done watching the funeral online and we tried sharing memories that we had with this uncle and we could not, I could not come up with any, but it was still pleasant to come to a space where there were other people who did know him very well and to be in a space with them and to say, you know, I can still grieve. I can still feel loss and feel pain even if I did not know him very well. And there was a sense of comfort that I experienced in that. And it was a very, very lovely service. My cousin Heidi gave a beautiful eulogy, um, and it was at a church that she's currently serving at. And it was a wonderfully done service. It didn't feel very preachy, but it also wasn't very phony where you're hyping up the person to be something that they weren't. It was very real and it was a surprisingly nice way to be with family, even if the grief didn't feel as immense for me as it did for other people. But I definitely experienced God in that sense of coming together and being in a community for those Mm -hmm. in need and in times of grief. In the mundane... In the everyday, uh, certainly a joy, uh, but definitely just the everyday. I experience God when I see my kid, when I see little Thea, and I experience God in the sense of seeing change, seeing something that I can't explain before my eyes like unfold, and just seeing immense beauty and immense growth and change is just so cool and also experiencing the love of a parent like i think we like to sometimes play down the language of god the father god the parent god the the one who had a child has children and Seeing a kid grow up and thinking, I would do anything for this person. 
I would literally do anything for my kid is overwhelming and it's scary because you're trying to think, how can I keep this person alive? And I'm sure God, the divine creator, probably sometimes is thinking, how the hell is society still alive? Like, how how are they still going? How am I still a part of this? Like, there's got to be a sense of joy and fear and bliss in the midst of all that. And I definitely experienced that in the mundane. And that's how I feel. I experience God and in the joy and just like the uttermost bliss. This is so nerdy of me as a pastor to say, but Holy Week is approaching as we record. This is going to be released after Holy Week. Mm-hmm. Uh but it's still a joy. Like I truly experience God in all seasons of life, but definitely in Lent. Like there is something transformative about being on a journey, seeing it not just as a liturgical obligation, but more as an opportunity to truly dive in and to see and experience God. And I being the nerd that I am, using the Fellowship of the Ring, using Lord of the Rings, and definitely experiencing God because I'm seeing God in new and fun ways and not just the ways that are expected, I guess, in churches. Mm. Um, it's really showing me the journey that can unfold and how the companionship that I experience God to be in is really neat and really uplifting and it brings me joy to say that i experience god in the highest of highs the lowest of lows and the everyday moments of life even if i have to kind of look hard you know that Mm. that's okay even if and if it is obvious then great there's nothing wrong with that either but yeah to say that i do experience god is in the words of john wesley my heart is strangely warmed (laughs) the methodist would quote wesley of course (laughs) was he quoting that specifically like in terms of god's presence yes is there like a full quote there or is that kind of just like a famous saying it's a it's a famous moment actually it's um he was listening to a sermon sitting outside a window and he had this great revelation and the Holy Spirit kind of consumed him. And he said that his heart was strangely warmed and that Uh. kind of pushed him and motivated him to want to revamp the church of England. And as we know, he did not intend to create an entire denomination, but here we stand. Mm. It's interesting. That language I think is so simple and profoundly gets at what many of us feel Mm -hmm. at many moments in our life. Like, as you were talking, Emily, and giving just like the most well-rounded, wholesome answer, and it is like such an Emily answer. Um, I was <laughs> my mind was wandering to like new friendships and like really like cool moments where something happens and you're like, yes, that is absolutely the right thing to do, or mm. like things that just like happen that, like for lack of a better word, feel right, yeah, or like lead you to something good, and. I think often a lot of the time it is in a subjective way that like only we can experience ourselves. 
Mm-hmm. I, I really like that language. Just like my heart is strangely warmed. It. I would be really curious to hear from you two how, if at all, your like feeling of the presence of God has taken any turns for you. Mm. Oh, sometimes we just serve each other the most perfect of segues. <laughs> and I'm just so <laughs> proud of us as artists and podcasters. So bringing it back to what I was originally quoting, some very cool Twitter person saying that they've been having more personal relationship with the Holy Spirit over Jesus lately is I have been observing an interesting evolution in my spiritual practices in that not for lack of trying through like contemplative sits or prayer beads or something like that, like being taught from an early age to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ that involved essentially conversational prayer was something that I never really was able to attach to. And for a while, a lot of more, mm, not prescriptive, prescriptive in the way of like, it is literally the prayers are pre-written for me of like sitting with beads saying creeds, praying prayers that, you know, I don't have the words for, but somebody else does. Those were really meaningful to me for a while. And lately, again, not for lack of trying, I just feel like they don't hit the same anymore. And ironically, or weirdly, I want to almost, because I was having a conversation about this with Alex and uh, my friend Michael over this weekend. (laughs) I'm going to compare my thoughts on Jesus right now to my thoughts on demons (laughs) because Dixie used to be plagued by many like night terrors and sleep paralysis dreams. And when that was going on, it was when she and I were in a phase of our life that was very Christian very into beliefs about something like a spiritual realm and all that. So a sleep paralysis dream would happen. And I've told this story before, but you know, she would feel like there was a figure in the room. I would wake up because she was screaming at this point, And I would also like, I also thought there was a figure in the room and like, I don't want to deny that that experience is still part of our stories, but at the same time, I need to acknowledge that the, Sleep paralysis dreams, the nightmares, and what we thought at the time were literal visitations by some supernatural forces, those all stopped when the belief in those things stopped as well. Mm. And grappling with my experience of never being able to connect with Jesus Christ, as I was taught, has been a really interesting moment of... I've been finding it difficult to view God lately as personality. And I I don't quite know how to put words to it beyond that. But when you're raised with an idea that, you know, the Bible is how God talks to you and prayer is how we talk to God. Like, I don't think that's very helpful personally. And I just never really experienced that. You know, my view of the Bible is different now. 
but my prayer life just never felt as rich as I was promised that it could be, if that makes sense. And again, not to, you know, reiterate too much, but it's not for a lack of trying, but I think Alex's question is very like piercing to me right now, because when, when the question is asked, like, how are you experiencing God and put it in feel language? Part of me in this moment is like, I don't, I don't know if I felt God for years. Hmm. But I also have like a cognitive struggle that's going on because I also am still in the mindset of, I think there's something in that I look at the problem of, you know, ultimate origin and think like the something rather than nothing question plagues me. And I think there's something behind it that I don't, I don't know how to put words to but I also don't think it was like a complete accident. And I think that's a poor distillation of what reasonable, you know, call them evolutionists think. But I think that there is something that we might call divine behind just the fact that there are things, you know, the creation necessitates a creator argument. But beyond that, I'm not sure what my experience of the divine is other than an experience of what felt like a very wholesome just dissolving into the people around me. You know, like I, I tell that story of the metal show with such fondness because it was an experience that I was like living in my body extremely presently. And like the highlights of it are of course the music I was enjoying and the bands I was seeing that I've been a fan of for, you know, 15 years at this point. But like the highlights of the show for me were the people I was with and the people who I will likely never meet again, but I gave them the most sincere hugs that I could muster because I just felt so connected to them, you know? So I don't know if my experience of God is evolving more to something like a universal consciousness with a belief in something like a creator, but, uh, it's been hard to grapple with lately that it, it's looking a lot less and less Christian as time goes on for me. Hmm. I agree with your sentiment, Stephen, because I, I think that my view of the, the quote unquote presence of God has just dramatically shifted over time. And I think that if you'd asked me like a year or two ago, I would probably have said, I don't think I've been experiencing God in any mm-hmm. way be, because based off of like, where I used to be like in comparison yeah. to like, thinking about the presence of God in a very like physically embodied way. For instance, uh, I think the perception of the presence of God and feeling God that I was raised with was a very specifically charismatic and Pentecostal one that was very, very focused on you feeling things in your body. And also like the amount of people in a room also feeling a thing. Uh, like in a, in a very similar way to like that electric feeling at a concert, which I think is a huge reason why the American Christian CCM scene has just like completely leaned in, leaned into the whole concert church vibe because it's, it's Mm -hmm. like so similar. And it like, in my opinion, it stems the placing the value on that form, which I love the form. Like I love music, but I think that the, the reason that such importance has been placed on that form in American Christianity goes back to a theology of experiencing God in your body theology. Mm-hmm. And 
I think I think that that's interesting. Like I think embodiment theology like is its whole thing and it's like a really interesting subject see Mason Menenga. But all of that to say, I think that I personally used to like quote unquote seek after the presence of God in a way that was like God, I want to feel you. Like I want to feel that you're real and I want to feel you leading me to do specific things that you want me to do that I wouldn't have known otherwise, like seeking God's presence for direction and for comfort and for like like borderline mystical like devotion uh in like a very like like trying to form that like special connection that is only like legendary in some church circles <laughs> like well they just have like such a close connection to god but i think that now like i've i've shifted from that right and i i think that nowadays my because of my conceptions changing I think that I'm not I'm not as hesitant anymore to like say that God could have been in something even if I'm like don't feel certain about that. You know what I mean? Like do I do I feel some sense of like divine love when I take care of my unwell partner? Absolutely. And I I can't mm. measure how much if any of God is in that in any like shape or form because if I believe that God is truly transcendent then like how could I like ever perceive God in the physical? Um, is it all cognitive? <laughs> like, can we actually physically feel anything related to God? Or is it just that like my spirit was strangely warmed by doing something and that is itself evidence of God somehow? Um, I also had this thought as Stephen was talking that if God is constantly present, how would we ever feel it as such? Mm. Oh, it's a real like fish asking another fish, like, how's the water today? Like, what are you, what? Absolutely it is. What are you talking and I about? I think that, I think that the, the concept of like inviting the Holy Spirit into a place got really, started to get really heavily criticized about four to five years ago because of some really popular music at the time. And like this very like common prayer that was very charismatic in a lot of ways that started to like become more mainstream where like you just like pray that God's presence would be with us and like all this stuff. But then like, I think that it very naturally raised a lot of, it perked up a lot of people's ears to be like, well, like, do we not believe God was here? Like, I'm confused. Mm -hmm. I thought God was everywhere. So like, what does that, what does that even mean to like invite God's presence somewhere? Yeah. Or alternatively, God is like a vampire and has to be invited in order to enter. (laughs) I I started drinking a drink right as you said that. Oh my gosh. Yes. That's so funny. So like that leads me to that that question of like, well, if God is always present, then like how would we ever feel that? And like, is that panentheism? Is that process theology? I don't know which one that's closer to. But because of like my mind being like more towards like more open to those ideas and more like, if I do believe in God, it's probably that version mm. of theism. Mm. Therefore, I don't have a problem with saying that I feel some form of God when taking care of my partner. Or when having a like a a meaningful, valuable conversation like this, that totally tracks for me then. Like that that doesn't feel contradictory at all. That doesn't it doesn't feel manipulative in the way of like, I'm going to invite God here and God will come because of me. Yeah. I did that. Yeah. I did that. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, that meme, is that what you're referencing? Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I'm I'm making that right now. Emily, do you know what meme this is? <laughs> Uh, I, you know, I have to say, I don't. It's it's two stick figures, and it's this person. I think this came out like early internet, and it's like one person is like handing a piece of paper to another person and saying, "Look at this thing that I made," 
<laughs> I did that. And then the next, the, ne- yeah, the next one is that person holding the thing and going, I did this. <laughs> oh, my. It's also been applied to like oh. Kim Jong-un and uh, uh, President Trump um, ah. regarding like the, the peace treaty stuff. So Got it. I, I can't uh, believe this funny. is turning into a good segue because I, I also had another thought just now, Josh, of my current thoughts about like creator or, you know, creation requiring a creator. Just an idea is like I have been finding so much joy in running a D&D game for my friends that for the most part, like while there is scaffolding already in place, you know, just by the fact that we're playing by the rule set called Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition and I'm using stat blocks of those, like we are playing inside a world that I more or less have created wholesale just from my own imagination. And what I'm going to be pondering, I think, for the rest of the day and probably for a very long time is my personal experience of being the game master for this table and not only wanting to let them experience the world as I've built it out in front of them and like filled it in with all sorts of things from my own imagination. There also is a sense in me that I want to be participating in that world at the same time. And that might be a valuable thing to think in terms of like, I don't necessarily think my, my thoughts about a creator here are deist in the sense of something made all this and then just like sat back set it and forget it kind of thing like i don't think it's unreasonable for something or someone who makes something of their imagination in a generative way i don't think it's that far out of the question that they would like to some degree want to participate in the thing they made as well which is something i hear all the time about that's that's an argument for why God participates in the world and it isn't just like a deist theistic setup of like yeah he made it but like he has no interest in it for me I think my like tuning into that creative stream of being a game master in a way is one of those things I think I'm going to keep pondering that as like if there is a personality there to be encountered because they want to participate in the thing they made because they were so proud of it or and they just love it I, I want to hold a hand open to that too. I don't want to close off from the possibility that it is that way, but being honest with my cur- current experience, I just don't know if it is that way right now. Emily, what about you before we close? Uh, do you feel like your experiencing of God's presence has taken a turn at any point? Um, yeah. All throughout my existence. Ooh. I like that answer. What that do you mean? That was kind of a smart ass answer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was. Um, no, but I mean, in all seriousness, how could my experience of God not change? Like, mm. I'm not the same person that I was yesterday or for 10 years ago, for that matter. Like, I think as I experience life, as I experience grief, heartache, joy, sorrow, confusion, bliss all moments and come to 
either more understandings, new understandings, or more questions, God has to like be present in all of that. So the fact that all of those things change and how I feel about those things change, how I feel and experience God also changes with that. And how I see God changes with that. I don't think I'm going to experience God. This I don't think I can experience God the same way twice. Oh, that is a very oh, oh my god. Oh. That, oh my god, that is a very in the best way. I mean this in the best way. That is a very Buddhist approach. You never step into the same river twice. Yeah. No. And yeah. I like that applied to God. And I've never thought about that. Yeah. In terms, like specifically as like one's concept and experience of God. Because I think those are very much intertwined. And I, I, that's really interesting. I like that. You're welcome. Wow. <laughs> Holy Spirit, you are welcome. Do you remember that song? I love that song. I think it's so cheesy. I love that song. It's I absolutely like, love it. Even at the time, I thought it was cheesy. And now I honestly think it's more cringe. <laughs> Not hating on you for loving it. That's fine. I'm the exact opposite. I milk it. Oh, I love it. I I milk the song, Holy Spirit. I do. I absolutely love it. It is. It's on my playlist for work. When I'm sitting in my office and I'm just doing. Well, and I'm doing like pastor. And I'm doing like day to day tasks on my computer or I'm getting schedules done for the police. I'm like. That song comes on, I'm like, oh my God, yes, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here, like in the everyday. And I'm just sitting here on my ass typing on a keyboard. You are welcome to be a part of that. Like, <laughs> yes, I love it. Mm. That's for another day, maybe. <laughs> mm. Let us not yuck your yum then. You can have it. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. Wow. Alex, is that what you wanted? Hope so, because that's what you get. <laughs> Dang. What a great question. What a great question. That felt like uh, how is it with your soul 2.0. It's well <laughs> yeah, it really did. Yeah, right? With my soul. It is well. It is well. <laughs> with my soul. There you go. <laughs> um, Emily, do you have a benediction for us? To check out of here so we can go milk the Holy Spirit. Receive this blessing. May you go out into the world and experience God. May you feel God's presence. May you know of God's love. May you feel God's light and grace. And may you share and give that same love and light to all whom you come into contact with and more. 